Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Mackie and Judd right now. Yes. With the soon-to-be-departed Dave Harrigan, once you find out what he has to tell you. Yeah, apparently Dave has something planned for the show that we are not privy to. Oh, I like it. Stunning news. A little bit of shame A little bit of shame. Love it. When will this happen? Sooner rather than later. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Should we pack a box? (laughs) I don't have stuff here. (laughs) I'm not allowed stuff. I'm not the rug. Stall gives to Granlin. Back for Stall. Scores! Well, the effort, I thought, was was great. I mean, uh, uh, to come back against that team in this building, uh, especially, you know, like after the first and you take four or five penalties, I don't know the exact number in the second, uh, I, th- I thought it showed a lot. It showed a lot. And, uh, you know, it was a great point. I mean, uh, that's right now the best team in the league, and we played them inch for inch. All right, are you going to? Yeah, I got a couple things. I got a couple things, okay? That's another point. They inch closer to I, uh, the playoffs. I sat in front of my television. They've now taken, I, I believe, three out of a possible four uh, points against the best team in the Western Conference I sat in front of my TV week. last night with a legal pad in which I filled up two pages with notes. I pared it down f- for this show to two things. Well, okay. three, but two. Two that are important. Okay. Sunday night. Sunday night, you're playing the Bruins, right? And you get to OT. The three-on-three. And you start, in that case, Coyle, you start Matthew Dumba. Need a rider. And you start Ryan Suter. So we all came in, and, and I don't understand what Bruce is doing here. You were one, you lost that game 28 seconds in on Sunday, and you fall to 1-5 and five in your past six OT games. All right? So we talked about, I think the strategy should change, and Bruce indicated it might. So last night, you get to the same thing. And the only thing you change is you still start two defensemen, you start Coyle and Dumba, and instead of Suter, you start Brodeen. And this worked in December, but you are now 1-5 and five in your past six OT games, and sure enough, last night, you give up a quick goal, which is negated by an offsides call upon review. But the fact is, why the insistence on two defensemen? And here's the other thing. Here's what's driving me nuts about this. I think you're getting predictable here, Judd. No, I'm not. No, okay. I'm not. All right. Here's what's driving me crazy about this. A Wiggins rant by me coming up next, by the way. No, because I'm just I, kidding. That was not happening. I'm going to defend a guy. I'm going to defend a guy that I ordinarily dump on because his his inconsistency is inexcusable. But if there, but if God put anyone on this earth to do one thing, Granlin was put on this earth to play with a lot of open ice in three on three. This is not hard, Bruce. Here's what you do: next OT game that you play three on three, you start stall. You start Granlund, who can fly, 
and you start one defenseman. It can be Brodeen. I don't care. All right? So let's end with this two defensemen, one forward. It shouldn't be Coil. Granlin was put on this earth for that format. The fact that he's not starting in that format makes no sense. That's rant one. Okay. Constructive criticism one. Is there anything positive coming out here? Constructive criticism two. Okay. I hate the shootout. I absolutely hate it. But if you're going to go to it, you might as well try and win it. You're not going to win it by using Nino, Zach Parisi, and Miko Koivu. Miko Koivu was once fantastic in this format. He has 41 career shootout goals. He is among the best players ever in the format all time. But he is 0 for 6 this year. He is 2 for 8 in the previous two seasons. You have Eric his Stahl. Knuckle, his knuckle puck doesn't work out. Yeah, er, er, Eric Stahl, congratulations. Scored goal number 40 last night. It's fantastic. He's had a great year. It's a great story. But how do Jason Zucker and Eric Stahl, who I believe between them have uh, something like a combined 70 goals now, not get used? Okay? Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Yeah. So so you are you, you got one point. You could have had two, possibly. Bruce, you're a great coach. I love you. But these are two things that are easily, as they say in the biz, correctable. Okay. Okay. So it's not that I disagree with any of your critiques. In fact, I agree that, like, Granlin should be great in overtime. And they probably, like, at one point, I think the youngest player on the ice in overtime was 33 for the Wild. Like, they had, I believe they had Parisi, Suter, and Sw- they might have had Parisi, Suter, and Stahl out there at one point. And so, like, the- they had Koivu, Parisi, Koivu- and Brodeen at one point. I keep track. I, you ke- you I kept keep track, track of all of the line changes. All, all the so it's not that OT I, combinations. Wow, yes, look sir. at you on that yellow notepad. Yeah. I'm dead serious. I took two pages of notes. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. The angst is amazing. So, okay, here's my question to you, though. Yes. At what point, short of a Stanley Cup championship, at what point do you just concede a little bit and say, you know what, there are definitely some things that bother me, but overall, never thought this team was going to sniff 100 points, and they're going to get there. There's six games left. They need six points. Mm-hmm. They're, they're probably going to get to a, another 100-point season with Bruce Boudreaux. You've got two 30-goal scorers on the team, including a 40-goal scorer now. And you just called up a very exciting young player that can help you push for the playoffs here, maybe make a run. Like, isn't it fair to say that despite the fact that everything you said is valid, that the glass half full is probably the right side to be on here with this team going down the stretch? Like, couldn't I say that you're just being way too negative and way too predictable with your wild negativity here. No, I, I don't think so. Are you just going to critique every last are, thing to critique until they get the, bounced? Because the, these are two things that, that are, are easily fixable. The over the insistence on staying with uh, with Coyle and two defensemen to start OT, which, which cost you the game against Boston and damn near cost you again last night, is very frustrating to watch. Because it'd be very easy to say, let's change it up and and Granlund at one point, Granlund's game last night for about two periods was terrible. But in, in the third period, he assisted on the stall goal late, and then he hit a post in OT. And when you watch Granlund in the three-on-three format, Phil, it's, it is as clear as anything that he should be playing as much as possible. He is made for that. So yeah, I agree. If, I'm so not, if my critique, I'm not disagreeing. Well, with you. If, but if my criti- if my criticism was 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 about things where you thought to yourself, well, that's a questionable one. I mean, that's a close call. Here's my point. Is right. So my my point is this: these are two things that are that you look at and say, Bruce, they really don't make sense. Here's my point. All right, and Dave, you tell me if this is a fair criticism of 
And we, uh, we're going to hear from the Judbot here, too. I don't know. Maybe the Judbot's even more negative than real Judd Zolgad. But this is a team, and now they're not in yet because they, they still have to fend. There's a bunch of teams that are sort of scrunched between uh, 90 and 94. There's going to be a team on the outside looking in here uh, that has 90 points right now, and the Wild's only four up. So they're they're not secure by any means. But this is a team that, like I said, is going to score 100 points. They've got, like, Zucker has bro- has broken out. There's a lot of good things. And I feel like 90% or more of your wild commentary for the last three weeks has been critical and negative. Is that fair, Dave? Like, when's the last time Judd said something overtly positive about a team that has picked it up quite nicely in the last two months? I feel like it goes beyond three weeks, obviously. There's a reason this show was titled long ago, Homer and Panic. <laughs> <laughs> the man knows one emotion, and that is panic. That is the sky is falling, chicken little style, and things are going to go wrong. Just wait. And oh, by the way, things are already going wrong. I am trying to help people today. I don't feel like you're helping anyone to see help the people. positive things in life. I, Eric Stahl, congr- congratulations. 40 goals. It's a great story. I thought that don't you think Eric Stahl was washed up until just now. Yeah, we're no, no, seven minutes no, into the show no, and no, you have not no, touched I that said, 40 I, I said I said before Eric Stahl congratulations great story second goal second guy in franchise history uh, to Gabrick now 40 goals in one year congratulations it's a great story You're taking you should have started overtime could have been wow you've played Nashville twice in the last 4 days taken 3 out of 4 points that's pretty darn good no matter how you do it. And how about that Eric Stahl? You know what? 40 goals, a guy that I thought was cooked when they signed him, and now he's having a season like this. That is incredible. Yeah, you know what? How you, about that positivity, you got If you watched Fox Sports North last night, you got that. If you tune the dial to <laughs> FM 100.3 right now, you get that, okay? I am trying. I am trying to bring some realistic sports expectations, criticisms that are constructive to the airways. So yeah. it's not realistic to praise a team for taking three or four points on the best team in the Western Conference and realistic to praise an old I man. I said congratulations, years old Eric Stahl, and Boudreaux's a great story. I'm trying to help him <laughs> I, out. I just, it, it, no. like, it, again, it's, I'm conflicted because like everything Judd laid out, like nothing is nothing is wildly incorrect. I mean, like he brings up points about overtime, and I, and I agree with those things. But again, like it takes mental gymnastics to look at a team that just took three of four points against maybe the best team in the league, but for I sure want, the best team in the Western I Conference. I want them to be better, and you're sitting here I want crapping them to on be them. Better, and I'm not crapping. I I I would be crapping if I didn't have a way to make them better. But I do. What's interesting? I got combinations. Is, is depending on how you look at it, though he's also negative in his critique. Shocking. Judbot has a different way of looking at things than Judd does in regards to the shootout. And frankly, I I mean, Judd might just be wrong in the way he's looking at the shootout. Do you want to hear from Judbot? Yeah, I most definitely do. I bet you do. So the Wild lost in a shootout to the Predators in Nashville last night, which is fine. Quite frankly, my biggest point of interest and concern isn't about the action on the ice. My biggest point of interest and concern is this. The debut of Jordan Greenway. What better way of introducing him to NHL hockey and the Wilds way of doing things than a flagrant display of the entitlement this team is known for? Honest to God. Nino and Zach to start the shootout, fine. But when you need a goal or the game is over and you turn to Captain Miko? The guy who was 0-4-5 in shootouts so far this season? But hold on, that's not the worst part. I'm not upset about Bruce turning to Miko because he might just be the best option on this team with no hands. Let's look at career shootout percentages. Charlie? Worse. Jason? Worse. Granny? 
Worse. 40 goal scorer stall? Worse. Mito's 36% is better than all of these bums, and that's the entitlement I'm talking about. These guys are allowed to just suck at this part of the game and leave valuable points on the table. Welcome to the state of hockey, Jordan. Yeah, that's pretty spot on. Oh, the bot. Here's, okay, here's a question, too. I love the bot. What... Why should uh, there there are no <laughs> defenders on the ice? Okay, Here, here's here's my beef with the shootout. Okay, go, go ahead. Like this is all you need to know that it's it's too hard to score a goal in hockey. Like make it easier to score a goal in hockey. You've got no defenders other than a goalie with brick bricks strapped to his legs standing in front of a net. Thirty six percent. Like that should be seventy percent. And I'm not even blaming Miko Koivu. Like if you can't skate in as a professional hockey player and put a puck in the back of the net with no defenders in front of you with just a goalie, it's too hard. Like, make it easier to score goals in hockey. But that's a whole separate rant. Keep so anyways, thanks for your, uh, more three your positivity three. this morning, Judd. Wild three on three. inching closer to a playoff spot and uh, proving against the best teams in the Western Conference Could have had two points. that they can make some noise in the playoffs. That should be the narrative this could morning. Could have had four points in the past two games. I guess they could have. If you'd listen Boy, to Joe me. Joe Maurer could have hit 400 in if 2009 if he would have just I don't the have ball that a couple fixed. more times. I don't have that fixed. Yeah. Um, well, we were going to get to the other big story here, but we're, we're going to have to save that for the other side of the break here. Because speaking of controversy... And negativity. We had internal strife at Fox Sports North yesterday. We need to sort this out. I didn't realize when they announced that, oh, we're going to tweak Circle Me Burt. I thought, oh, it's whatever. Like, he's only doing 80 oh, games. No. So no, this the is. The reactions by people. Oh, my God. The Twin Cities is in a lather. All right, we'll get to that when we come back from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Plus, Tom Chorsky will talk about the new Gopher men's hockey coach at 9.30 with Tom Chorsky. And you can rip the wild to Tom and see if he agrees with you. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck set to join the show around 10.45 today. And a little sports culture with John Cosgrove, plus a bunch of twin stuff. And we'll make our official twins season prediction record. Will they make the playoffs? All that stuff at 10 o'clock. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Audio level full volume. It's showtime on 1500 ESPN. Yeah, this band is called, is this right? Jim Pellinger and the Circle Birds? That is 100% correct. Do they do other songs? Or do they just sing about Burt circling people? The writing credits go to Jim Pellinger himself. This was from 2002, the beginning of the Circle Me Burt craze. Wow. And I assume for the song, they just had the cute little name, let's call ourselves, the Circle Burt. The Circle Burt. That's really good. I, that's a catchy tune. Wow, that is. A, I love the high harmonies, got to say. I don't remember that at all. They sprinkle in some Michael McDonald in there. I think you could... Uh, you could, you could probably bring that back here now that the news broke yesterday. Oh, I think I know who, who this is, Phil Mackey. Yeah, Jim is the guy who, who works in the broadcast booth um, as, as a production type guy. He, he works Wolves games, Wild games. He's had a ton of stuff. And so he wrote this song so, yeah. with, with the circle I didn't birds. know he, he was a, uh, in, in a band. That's good stuff. Yeah. So here's what happened yesterday. And I, all right, we'll just start with, with the timeline of events. This all took place on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> I'm guessing FSN didn't want the news to break the way that it did about the Circle Me Burt promotion. So, so you're here by Circle. Someone behind the scenes must have told Burt Blylevin, hey, we're going to 
We're going to make some changes. You're only doing 80 games. So we're going to make some changes to the Circle Me Burt promotion, which started 15 years ago. And so Burt takes to Twitter and publicly announces, just informed by FSN, there will be no more Circle Me Burt and Minnesota Lottery winners for this upcoming season. I want to thank all the fans that made signs over the past 15-plus seasons. Doesn't mean you can't still bring signs. Go Twins. So I read that yesterday and, and interpreted, oh, like Minnesota Lottery must have backed out. You know, and they just didn't, they, you know, whatever. They didn't come up with a way to bring Circle Me Burt back. Or or Burt's only doing 80 games, so they're just evolving. And yeah. they're going to try and come up with something that Latroy Hawkins can do. And Roy Smalley and Jack Morris and all those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Well, FSN Twitter, a short while later, tweets... Burt broke the news. <laughs> Thank you. This oh, is great. I'm so excited that Burt oh, broke the news. Yes. Go, Bert. Oh, Burt. He's the Adam Schefter of FSN <laughs> on-screen promotions. Nice work, Burt. We're la- He's the Adrian. It's a Woj bomb. It's a Burt bomb. And they continue their tweet. We're launching a new Minnesota Lottery winner circle concept so fans at the ballpark and watching at home can get involved. Signs are still encouraged. And what they're saying is, hey, Minnesota Lottery is still involved, and instead of being Burt-centric, they're making it so that anyone in the broadcast booth can deliver a shout-out to fans who are at the game or at home. They want you to submit basically social media posts. I didn't read the whole thing, right? They're, but they're evolving. Yes, they're, they're changing it, but it's still going to be sponsored. They're saying, hey, they aren't saying this directly, but if if we could translate for them, listen, Burt's on the way out here, and yeah. Burt's only doing 80 games. He's been around for... 20-plus years on MSC and now on Fox Sports North the last 12 years or whatever. Yes. And uh, we're trying to plan for the future, but that's not how people took it. They are. So so you are still encouraged if you want to bring your sign. The the only thing that they're really doing here is they're basically severing the lottery component away from, from the actual birth yes. circling you. That's it. No one's saying you can't bring your sign. But but they're taking away the branding of Circle Me Burt. Now, I don't think they're taking away his Telestrator. I'm pretty sure if no. you bring a sign to the ballpark, He'll, yes. he can still fire it up unless the director and the producers say, uh-uh, no more camera shots of people. We're going to, no, we're going to take Burt's uh, ability to circle away. So I started going through just out of curiosity because I think, I think if you're a diehard Twins fan or you're a diehard baseball fan, a lot of those people, and I'm getting this in my timeline, are a little bit tired of Burt because Burt reads out of the media guy, and he's been around for a long time. He, he doesn't like Burt and Dick kind of mock analytics, but if you're a heart, like there's a yeah. lot of fans. If you like Tom Kelly in the broadcast booth, you probably don't love Burt because you're not getting the deep dive analysis that you would from somebody else. The, the immediate reaction to what Burt tweeted was basically. Why Why should I continue to exist if, if I can't be circled? Yes. So I tweeted last night, okay, right. in my timeline, tell me what you think. I would say 90% said, I'm tired of that thing. Because so, you're, you're followed mostly by people who are hardcore sports fans. Yes. Who want, you want to be told something. And Burt kind of hovers, not that Burt doesn't, I mean, Burt's one of the best pitchers of all time. Obviously, he knows quite a bit about pitching. And I think those fans want a little more. They want... Just tell me why something's happening. Tell me more about you know the inner, inner workings. But the casual fan loves Bert because he's gregarious yep. and he makes jokes and he's you know he circles people. And so I started going through the FSN at replies to this news on Twitter. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read a bunch of these. Hey at FS North, you are hereby eliminated. This has to be the worst marketing brand fail since the Chevy Nova was launched in Mexico. Hashtag Bring Back Circle Me Bert. PR 101 for you. 
Keep the new concept, but still call it Circle Me Bert and let Bert circle people. What a crock. Circle Me Bert is an institution. Bad judgment. It's the best part of the game. Allow Bert to circle people. I'll boycott FSN if you don't allow Bert to circle people. Why give people... Here's another one. Why give people another reason to just stay home rather than go to the ballpark? Obviously, didn't run this one by the twins. And then... People started tweeting in. I've got three of these, okay? And I'm not making fun of these people. I'm just saying, like, I didn't realize. I thought, oh, like, whatever. It's Circle Me Bird's run its course. But that's not how people feel. How about this one? This makes me so sad. You circled my mom when we surprised her on her 60th birthday, and I still have it on my DVR. She died this past fall from ALS. I'm so grateful for the memories. Here's another one. Bert, you circled one of my best friends who brought a sign to a game wishing me well while I was recovering from my kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. This was almost 12 years ago. I'm 24 years old now, and it's still one of the first memories I think about when I think of my transplant journey. Here's another one. It was tradition with my grandma and grandpa to bring a Circle Me Bert sign to every Twins game they brought me to. Now that they have both passed away, seeing this news hurts even more. I would encourage all people to still bring signs. Don't let this tradition die. I had no idea okay. people were this attached to Circle Me Bird. Okay, so am I like naive? I didn't know it went that deep. But, I did. I had no idea. But it's pretty clear. So somebody at Fox must have just told him, "Bert, we're changing the concept." What they didn't tell Bert was, "We will handle the publicity, Bert." Right? Like we will tweet this out because we're not. Killing it off, uh, but we are going to sever the circle me part from the lottery, which when it started 15 years ago, I think it was organic. I think he just started circling pe people because, unfortunately, the telestrator didn't make much sense to Bird as far as how it should be used. So when they didn't tell him not to tweet this out, the, pro <laughs> the problem with Bird's tweet is it's completely wrong. And he got he, mad, but but keep he, in mind he like gets rid of Minnesota Lottery in his tweet. The one, the, the one, the, he did. The one thing that if if you have if you watch FSN as much as we all do, there's one show you've seen a thousand times: Anatomy of a Trade, Roy Smalley and Bert Blylevin. What what is in the middle of that documentary? Bert Blylevin, as great a pitcher as he might have been, is a man who I believe in about 1979 or 80 got frustrated with the Pirates. And he walked away from the game. He retired for like two weeks. And then Bert admits, I'm not that smart. So I just went back. So Bert's history is littered with basically getting mad about stuff, doing things impulsively, and then somebody saying, Bert, you got to slow down. So you're pretty sure that FSN told him behind the scenes, hey, we're going to we're gonna kind of evolve this thing, and it's not going to be Circle Me Bert anymore. And he took it as, oh, you're, oh, you're yes. taking away the most important promotion yes. of my broadcast career. Yes. And then took to Twitter to gain sympathy from people who may otherwise. Well, you said it yourself. He, he basically took the sponsor and cut them out <laughs> when they're not cut out. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. And I kind of figured, oh, people, whatever. Like, yeah, okay. Circle me, Bert. It was a great run. It was like 15 years of great run. I had, but I had no idea. Like it's if you go look at the at FS North and then the at Bert Blight's Bert Blight in 28. He hasn't blocked me on Twitter yet. So I, Bert and I it's get coming. along great. We get along great. It is home run. But like it's a live stream of people, just apoplectic that they're getting rid of this promotion. And I personally, 
when I watch a Twins game or think about what I'm looking forward to in this upcoming Twins game tonight, Circle Me Burt was never in the top 10 or 15 things that I would, like Byron Buxton is one of those things. Uh, oftentimes, it's the it's the guest color commentators, like, oh, Tom Kelly's on tonight, or wait, Tori Hunter's going to be in the booth. Um, I And personally, I can say that Circle Me Burt was never a thing that I was attached to. But I was dead wrong about the majority of fans. And FSN might actually, with this pushback, FSN might actually have to pull a mea culpa here and at least include Circle Me Bert in in the 80 games that he's a part of. Like, the pushback is insane. I'd love to know what the reaction is inside that building today. I'm just going to go ahead and make my admission for the show right now. I have been circled. Really? Yes. Really? I have been circled by Bert. I've been hereby circled. Really? When circumstances, your own sign. Early 2000s. Save your life. Early in the Circle Me Bert era. Um, Myself, brother, father, uncle, and a cousin used to take some baseball road trips. We followed the twins to Cleveland, Detroit, KC, you know. Better chance of getting circled on the road because fewer people are there in twins jerseys, right? And that's where it happened. Comerica Park, Detroit, 2002 or three, shortly after it opened. Yeah, left field corner. We had about four signs, four or five signs between all of us. We had stopped at a Target store or Walmart early that day, made them up. Standing in the corner between innings, seeing that center field camera pan over, knowing it's pointing right at us, feeling the, and I mean this quite literally, quarters, pennies, dimes, nickels from the Tigers fans behind us being thrown wow. off the signs. But Did you get interviewed on it, camera? Didn't care. No, this was long before the winner's circle portion became a part of the uh, sure. the whole festival. It was organic. This is before it was sponsored. Yes, he, he was just circling people. It was simply people. organic. It became a way to say hi to those folks back at home, yeah. and that's where it is, saying hi to moms and Graham and all of them. Yeah. It's the most Bert thing of all time. He he was given a toy that he didn't know what to do with. Like, he didn't, I don't think he got the fact that, you know, if you're talking about a picture, you're supposed to circle this to, or, you, you know, show like, this. I'm going to defend Bert there. What are you supposed to do for a baseball broadcast with no, a telestrator? But it became, or, it, it's, it's not like you're drawing up yeah, plays. That's fine. So but, the second baseman's going to charge in this way on the ground ball and throw it that way to first base. Like, boom! <laughs> but, Bert, but Bert basically, so Bert said, screw it, right? So Bert's like, I'll just use this to circle fans. It was brilliant. It, it was. Yeah. So it was a great before idea. Before we get to Tom Chorsky, what... So you've been circled before, I've, I've which, been circled. which probably allows you to have more of an, an emotional attachment to the Circle Me Bird promotion. It hurts a little bit more. Does yeah. it? Okay. A little bit more. This makes you a little sad today. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're really tearing up. Wow. That's an amazing admission. We have to come back to this later in the show. <laughs> Four signs? There were several signs. Yeah. Were there sequins on the signs? Was uh, there glitter? No glitter, no sequins. A lot of, a lot of pen, a lot of pretty pictures. Okay. My perception of you has just changed greatly in the last. I uh, was young, dang it, okay, Judgey Judd, yeah. uh, Tom Chorsky. I don't know if he's ever been here by circled, but Tom Chorsky will join us next to talk about well the failing Wild, who are what a couple points up from last place in the Western Conference, according to Judd's commentary from 20 minutes ago, and the new goal for hockey coach Bob Motzko. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, brilliant. Yet pointless. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Stall gets to Granlin. Back for Stall. He scores! Number 40! Ties it for Minnesota! Miku Koivu can keep it going if he scores. 
Louisville, all of five this year. Coming in with pace to the right circle. He misses the net, and the Predators uh-huh. take it in a shootout. Just like I told you, Phil Mackey. Miko was not a good choice right there. Actually, uh, Tom Charsky is joining us here. Someone tweets into the show. Uh, let's find this here. Skolny tweets into the show. Judd is the Tom Thibodeau of watching sports. No apparent enjoyment. They take three you know possible four points against the Predators. You know and what? All you do is urinate on them. Chores, your your thoughts on the fact that, that this team for the second consecutive game started 2D and one foot forward in OT, which I continue to not get. And then the when you have a combined 70 goals with Stahl and and uh, Zucker, I all I said was if I'm Boudreaux, I adjust things. They got two or they got a point, that's great. But you know what? If they had adjusted things, they possibly could have got two points. That's all I said, Tom Chorsky. Well, yeah, you're you're the aggressive uh, riverboat gambler there. Um, I think maybe they you know they took a defensive position for sure, um, and maybe thought they had a you know had a better chance to to get the, that extra point in the shootout, which doesn't doesn't really I think make sense if you look statistically or um, you know at some of the the folks then that we saw them use, but um, yeah, a little bit of a conservative uh, approach and, and, you know, who knows, the, you know, we, I wish I, I wish I was a, a fly on the wall sometimes to know exactly what they were thinking. Um, you know, they might be thinking that they want to, they're going to go defense to shut down that first, that first shift or that first um, set that uh, Nashville throws out there. And then they're going to try to sting them with a, with a comeback uh, lineup. But, you know, it's it's hard to say. I think we, you know, earlier in the year, and we talked about this a little bit on the air. We saw them um, go to the analytics. It, it seemed and 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 kind of confer with with what the analytics was telling them, and then they switched things up and it worked. And now they've gotten back away from that for some reason. Well, in general, now that they've taken, uh, I mean, they have played Nashville very tough in these last two games, and they've taken three points. And they're sitting here in a position, they might get to 100 points. They need six points in their last six games to get to 100 points again under Bruce Boudreaux. So how do you feel, if the playoffs started right now, Chorsky, how would you feel about their chances to to win a series or two? I mean, it depends on matchups, but just in general. Well, um, you know, playoffs is a different animal than um, than playing a team tough uh, on a on a. Monday night or Tuesday night, uh, so you know you got to win four or seven, and sometimes you got you know sometimes you advantage at being at home, and sometimes you're on the road, um, and people have to stay healthy and rested, and you know you just don't really know how a series is gonna is gonna play out, but you can rest assured that um, both teams come in with a strategy. Now, if the Wild, uh, you know whoever they're gonna play. They might be looking at at the stall line right now and saying, "Hey, if we can shut down that stall line, and we're gonna and if Suter's gonna play, you know, so many minutes, um, we're gonna wear him down. And if Spurgeon comes back in, we're gonna, you know, he be a little out of the game shape, and we're gonna pound on him too. So they come in with some real specific strategies and tactics, and and it makes it tough. And that's why." Winning the Stanley Cup is not an accident. I mean, you don't just stumble into the finals and and somehow win the cup. It's it's two months of being completely, um, in, you know, engrossed in in a battle every night, and uh, that's the that's the challenge. So you know, it, it would depend on the it would depend on the on the um, matchup as you mentioned, and and we'd have to see, you know, is it Winnipeg? How are we gonna 
How are we going to beat them? What's our strategy going to be? Are we going to let them run around and, and take penalties and then rely on our power play and hope that, uh, you know, hope that we can eke out games that way? We'll see. Uh, I, I do think that if you play the Jets now, the, the one thing I like is Greenway at six foot six, Tom, because I think what you're going to have and what the Blues did so effectively last spring was they, they basically would let the Wild shoot and then they couldn't get to the net. I think with a guy as big as as uh, Greenway is, that you are going to have a guy who can penetrate that part of the ice, which should be a, a big boost. I don't know if that's going to save you in a series against them, but I do think it's going to be an, an element that they didn't have a year ago against St. Louis. Yeah, definitely, definitely is an element. And uh, I watched him skate last night. I haven't watched him a ton. I guess I, you know, I saw glimpses during the Olympics, and um, he, for a guy who's six six, um, looks. He looks really good getting around the rink. Um, he's he's been able to, I guess, acclimate to the, his length and his height, and he doesn't look, um, you know, I would say. And and this is no knock on Zidane Ochara, but um, and he's a little taller, even I suppose. So maybe it's not fair, but um, to me, Jordan Greenway looks more like just your a more regular skating hockey player gets around the rink really well and he's got he's got some good skills so yeah it definitely brings an element that they don't have and if they want some maybe some presence in front of the net on the power play and whatnot but you know the flip side is that if it was winnipeg let's just use this as an example a guy like dustin bufflin is going to welcome jordan Greenway <laughs> to the nhl playoffs yes. in a not so friendly way and he won't care how many penalties he takes um early on because they will establish it early on and he will intimidate him and he will probably be right in his face and it won't feel good when he's in front of the net there's just a lot of things that um that the other team will do and with no remorse yeah. Tom Chorsky with us here on Mackie and Judd. So tomorrow, I believe 1 o'clock is the press conference to introduce Bob Motzko as the new Gopher men's hockey coach. So your thoughts on, I mean, it's it, he's not going to get three or four years to sort of build this thing up. I think expectations are going to be pretty high early, but what do you expect the product to look like under Motzko here going forward, Tom? Well, um, you know, yeah, some of the stuff will take longer to turn around. Some of the stuff can maybe happen um, sooner, but uh, right now, I guess you know whether he was at St. Cloud or at the university, which he is now. Um, he, you know, even at St. Cloud, they've lost a couple players that were going to be some of their best players, and and they've had to do that in the past, I suppose. But um, they're figuring out, you know, how to what what their roster is going to look like, and then um, yeah, he's got to turn around some things as far as um, kind of the perception of of go for hockey. Uh, I think within the Twin Cities. And, and the fan base, you have to figure out how are we going to get people to come back and and fill the building, which I think will have a lot to do with you know wins and losses. Although you know I heard Don Lucia say that they've won, um, they've had a, like one of the highest winning percentages at home over the you know whatever the last years it has whatever he used as the as the metric. But um, so if that's the case, then. Then I think we're back to talking about a, uh, an issue of a, a connection between the program and the fan base and the program and the hockey community and the alumni community and the booster community and, and you know, the list kind of starts from there. So, um, that's the, that's some of the heavy lifting that might take a little bit longer. I mean, you can't just flip a switch and say, you know, hey, we've got a new coach and now we've, we're, we're all best friends again and and you know everything's going to be um hunky-dory and and i'll i'll uh i'll 
you know, roses and, and uh, dreams and everything. So um, they've got to reestablish kind of a connection, and we'll see what Bob's game plan is for that or, or Mark Coyle's. Um, and, you know, some of that might be revealed on uh, on Thursday at the press conference, or some of it might happen, you know, after that sometime. But at this point, uh, you know, we haven't really heard much of anything of substance. Right. What, what's the, in in your mind, Tom, the first thing that Bob should do? If if you were, were stepping into this job and and had left it where Don had, what do you think is the first thing that Bob uh, Bob needs to do with this program? Well, you know, I think he needs to come right out and let everyone know what his what he's about, what his philosophy is going to be about, um, what he intends to do as far as um, putting his his stamp or his um, influence on what the culture and what the environment's going to be. Uh, I think for people, you know, that includes fans, media, um, alumni. They they need to feel a connection, and the only way they feel a connection is if they feel like there's some communication going on from the program to them. They start to have an understanding of who Bob Motzkow is, what his plan is, and and then you can sit back and watch it. You know, is he going to do what he says he's going to do, or mm-hmm. does it sound like something that everyone can sign up for or get on board with? And so, you know, there's, I think you want to do things that are going to build trust. It's it's all about trust, and it's all about um, communicating, you know, with those stakeholders and with the people that you need to kind of come back to the program and um, build the momentum up. Bob, uh, coached for, for Don, what do you see as as the, them being the same? And I, I guess more importantly, Tom. Me, where are they different too? Because you know, Don was as, as we talked about last week. Don was a pretty private guy, and Don was a coach. But that's that's basically he liked to coach. He didn't want to go to you know a ton of banquets. He didn't want, want to do a ton of PR. How different do you think Bob is in, in that vein? Because to your point, this is going to be about going back out now and and I, creating a fan base that is is dwindled greatly in let's say the past five to eight years. Yeah, well, I think Bob Motzko arrives uh, as, you know, in the habit of being connected to his community. A little bit easier to do it in, uh, and maybe a little bit more um, required or mandatory when you're in a smaller community like St. Cloud. But, you know, I think if you, um, you know, you look at the, over the past, if you looked at interviews or I, you know, I, I, I listened to the interview that, um, that their uh, athletic director uh, gave and, and she was very, I think transparent and open and um and able to say a lot of good things. Heather Weems, I guess is her name and I was really impressed with the with the uh post announcement interview that she did and so I think um and and she talked about what Bob had built there and and that uh he's leaving the program in in such a, a shape that it, they you know the the players that are going to remain there and whoever comes in has something to to carry forward. Um, you know, Bob comes into a situation where he's going to change things a little bit and, and do things the way he sees it needing to be done. But he's done it in the past. Uh, you know, to your answer your question, I think he's he's had to communicate with the communities and he's and he's been out front and he's a little more transparent and um, and and you know he'll be a little more energetic. Uh, I think he'll be a little more accessible. I think he'll be more visible because he does have to, you know, he, whether he likes it or not, he's going to have to be a little bit anti-Don Lucia. Yeah, yeah. 
It's funny how that works. It's always the, always the opposite. Always the opposite. Yep. Exactly right. Uh, Tom, great insight as always. We'll talk soon, man. Thanks, Tom. Hey, thanks. Have a great day. Talk All right, to Tom Chorsky of decade career Stanley Cup cred in the NHL. And uh, some good insight. He also filled in last week yeah, on a perfect day when the Tuesday. Don Lucia news came down. Um, we'll take your feedback. We're getting a bunch of tweets on the Circle Me Burt, <laughs> the death of Circle Me Burt. Not actually Burt Wylevin. He didn't the die. Exaggerated, but like Burt is the exaggerated dead. death. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck will join the show in about an hour from now. We can talk Kirk Cousins and Vikings. Dan Hayes. From The Athletic, he's the new Twins reporter and columnist for The Athletic, and he'll be on the show every week. This is our Talking Twins lineup, uh, starting today with Dan Hayes. Well, actually, let's let's unveil the Talking Twins lineup when we come back here. We've had this going. This is our fifth twin season, I believe, as uh, as the Mackey and Judd show, and it's evolving. We no longer have Corey Provis and Dan Gladden, but we have some fun season-long guests that we'll, uh, that we'll talk to you about when we come back here, and a little sports culture in three hours with John Cosgrove. Let's first talk about... Luther Brookdale Toyota, the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, and a place that really puts your mind at ease. You don't have to worry about somebody overcharging you mysteriously or uh, cars maybe not, maybe you don't have all the information. Like there's a lot of things you could be worried about when you're looking at getting your car serviced or going through the process of selling your vehicle, buying vehicles. Put your mind at ease. My family and I can recommend Luther Brookdale Toyota going back 30-plus years, both the service side and the showroom side. And um, and you can go on the website right now and actually uh, check out some of the 2018 brand-new Camrys and Corollas and RAV4s and all the upgraded safety features, the external of sleek upgrades. The Camry is a little more sporty looking now than previous incarnations, plus the touchscreen Entune System 3.0 that you have to check out. So go in, get a test drive, open until 9 o'clock tonight, and find out what my family and I have been uh, raving about to our friends and people in our circles for 30-plus years, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Here we go! On 1500 ESPN. Hey, we are celebrating opening day by giving away copies of MLB The Show 18 throughout the Mackie and Judd Show tomorrow. Be listening 9 to 1 for the ESPN baseball update chimes to sound off. And when you hear that, just be the fifth call and you'll be a winner. The chimes, uh, chimes will play two times an hour tomorrow during the show from 9 until 1. Right on. Uh, I think Aaron Judge is on the corner, or the, the corner, the cover of, and it'll be the show now. Might That's just good. be on the corner, too. Just a little yeah, joke. just like, yeah, just a little. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Aaron. <laughs> Judgment day. Is that a curse, too? Jo- Joe Maurer got hurt. Does that cover a curse, too? That's a good question. I don't think that's a full-out curse. Hmm. Well, yeah, because you've got the, there, there used to be the SI curse, of course, and then there was definitely the Madden curse. Yeah. I don't think the baseball one is a curse. Could be. Guess we'll find out. Judgment Day. All right. Hey, our talking twins lineup for 2018 is set. We've been doing this show now. It's our fifth twin season, Mackie and Judge Show. And uh, every day during baseball season at 1130, we always have a twins or MLB related guest that uh, signs on for the whole year. And so uh, this year, so we say goodbye to Dan Gladden, Corey Provis. They have a new partnership. Hector. And, uh, it was a good run. Hector Santiago, Hector's hey, gone. you know what? To his credit, <laughs> I mean, when he picked up, the it was first great. half of the season, you know what? He was great, and then he kind of faded both in terms of his performance and, and reliability. Reliability, but 
Whatever. Has he gotten a job yet? Probably yeah, not. White Sox. Oh, yeah. White Sox. White Sox signed him. Major League contract? That I don't know. Okay. But he was definitely, I, I saw some stuff out of Arizona. He was definitely with the White Sox in spring training. Well, good luck to Hector. You know what? When he was engaged, he was a good guest for us. Uh, yeah. The first couple that months. That was a great month. So uh, our guy Derek Wetmore will graduate into an official Talking Twins position on the show. Uh, he'd always been kind of a rotating, floating uh, guest, but it's uh, it's a big boy chair time for Derek Wetmore. He does a great job covering the team for 1500ESPN.com, the Touch em All podcast. So he's our Monday guy. If I'm getting the days wrong, let me know. Tuesday, Jason Stark is back. He was awesome last year. He brought trivia to the table, and uh, Jason is now part of MLB Network and The Athletic. Mm-hmm. He announced the MLB Network thing uh, last week, and I believe he starts all of these things the first week of the regular season next week. So he's back in the mix. I was DMing with him a couple days ago, and he's and he's pumped to be back on. He loves doing the trivia stuff. And um, and so he'll be back on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, another new face here, Dan Hayes, and he'll join us in about an hour and a half. He's the new Twins reporter and columnist for The Athletic Minnesota, and he has experience with CSN Chicago. He covered the White Sox for a number of years. He spent some time in the Bay Area, I know, uh, out of college, so... So he's uh, well-traveled in baseball circles, and he's done a great job already reporting from spring training. He's uh, great on TV and the radio, so we're happy to have Dan Hayes as our Talking Twins guy on Wednesdays. And then Thursdays, Roy Smalley is back for another season. He's always been one of our favorites because he can just bring this completely new level of hitting analysis and X's and O's and chess match strategy. And Friday is Chris Singleton from Baseball Tonight and ESPN Baseball Broadcast. He's been a color commentator former longtime Major League outfielder. Sunday uh, night game, right? Orioles, White Sox. Yes. On and, radio? Uh, part of Sunday Night Baseball on the radio. Nice. So Wetmore, Jason Stark, Dan Hayes, Roy Smalley, and Chris Singleton round out the Talking Twins lineup. We'll start, what, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock, right? In Baltimore? And then that is the, the game home, time. Home opener yes. is, what, a week from tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So it will be fun. Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to So I've uh, Chris Singleton I've always really enjoyed on broadcast. I don't think, uh, unless I've been out and he's been on the show and I've been out, I don't think I've ever actually talked to Chris Singleton until he's going to join us. Uh, he might, we, it starts this Friday or next Friday, but we, whenever it starts. We might have had him on once in the old in the old days. At like some the point old time. Judd and Fun days? Yeah, either Judd and Fun or, or when Jeffrey was uh, paired with me. I think we might, might have had him on once. He's very good. So, no, th- this will be good. We tried uh, A-Rod, by the way, but uh, A-Rod's schedule is a little, little too packed. That's okay. We started, we started okay at the top. We yeah, tried we started to get A-Rod, there. and then we... Sorry, Chris Singleton, you were our second choice there. A-Rod was our first choice. Yep. You think A-Rod would have... Uh, no. Yeah. Hey, listen, we'll float you like no, no, five, no. ten bucks. No. No. I think you could have floated <laughs> A-Rod $100,000, and you would have said, you yeah, know what, I don't but think so. But that's the most impressive thing about A-Rod. He doesn't need the money. The guy has made crazy amounts of money in his baseball career. Uh, he's... He's constantly like he he's a he's an entrepreneurial investor type, and so I think Arod probably has more money than he knows what to do with, mm-hmm. and just still wants to do media and broadcasting. And I don't know, I've done a one eighty on Arod. I used to I, hate him like four I told years you, ago. I'm ve- I'm, I love Arod now. Very curious to watch him for an entire game. The studio stuff, I liked him. I'm very curious to see. If during an entire game, I still like him as much, or if I start to tire of him. Are you more worried about his know. personality grading on you, or like that he's going to run out of gas in terms of He might of run cover? out of gas. I disagree with that. I think he might run out of gas. He's a prep freak. And the personality might grade on me, too. He preps more. You can tell when he's on these Fox panels. Like, the other guys are kind of spitballing, and they're good at that. Like Frank like Thomas? Frank Thomas. And he's great. Like, Frank Thomas is great at spitballing. A-Rod not only spitballs like a champ, but he has, like... 
Like you sit there and take your wild notes. I mean, that's A Rod. A Rod is sitting there like taking. Does he have two pages of notes? Throw notes about situations and games, and I appreciate that. A lot of these guys who come on well, TV. You should appreciate my prep for when I rip the wild. Are you a former hockey player? Eighth grade uh, house league. Tough season too. Yeah. It was tough, but what, yes, I I'm a former player. But what I love about A Rod is he'll you'll get done with a game, and Chris Singleton's good at this too. Like when you watch him on the or you listen to him or watch him on TV, whatever. To point to a specific thing that happened in like the third inning that he recalls and wants to expand on it. A lot of guys don't do that. They just, oh, I'm a former player. I'm going to get that's on TV or radio. Too. 100%. That's where Roy is fantastic. Yes. So that's our Talking Twins lineup. We're excited for it. It's going to be fun. Dan Hayes will start it off today at 1130, although he's been on with us like the last two or three weeks anyways. He's been a friend of the show. Um, let's come back. Keep the Twins thing going. Let's make some more official Twins predictions, including our will they make the playoffs or not prediction. What will their record be? And a few other items here uh, to predict when we come back. And Matt Hasselbeck in about 45 minutes from now. Mackie and Judd.